Hey, this is George Tristan. I'm listening to Vegas Podcast. Hola amigos de Pancho Villa's Army, aquí su Sargento Sinue with another episode of Villa's Army. Today I had Serge, our captain, our founder of PVA. We discuss a, a lot of topics today, one of course being the two matches that Mexico played versus U.S. and Argentina. We also discuss about the alleged scandal that is going on regarding the Mexico players celebrating after the U.S. win. Finally, we did talk about the, the El Paso Tifo. Hola amigos de Pancho Villa's Army, aquí su Sargento el Z. I am with uh, Serge, our founder, our jefe. I mean, what else I can say, man? You have so many titles. And, you know, you're a legend right now with PVA, Serge, man. Welcome. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I'm a, I'm a legend, man. Apparently rich. You get the first podcast. That's right, right? You know, not to, not to show that I have favorites or anything, Serge, but yeah, you're right. You are my, you are my second. I, I am respected, but you know, we, we're all second compared to El Coronel. El Coronel life is just a life we can't live, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's one of those friends that we have that you just wish we had his life, but we have responsibilities and we're not just, we're not as cool as him, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can all strive. We can all strive. We can all dream. We can all dream. Well, Serge, um, thank you for taking the time, man. Quickly, if you don't mind, just doing a quick introduction for the, the folks who haven't had a chance to get to know you or maybe our first timers that maybe aren't members or don't know much about who we are, if you don't mind, just doing a quick intro about who you are and, and how you got started with PVA. Yeah, man, you know, uh, I'm Sergio. I'm from Austin, born and raised, and I'm just a huge Mexico fan. And, you know, I kind of started Punch of Villa's Army on a, on a limb one night saying, uh, let's do this, and opened a Facebook account and a Twitter account and said, does anybody else love Mexican soccer like I do? And uh, as replied, he goes, yeah, I think I like it. And it all kind of just grew from there. That's interesting that uh, Coronel says, yeah, I, I think I kind of like it. Now, that guy's like a big fan, dude, right? <laughs> He's a bit of a super fan, yeah, like most of us are. Like most of us are. And that's a fun thing about all of our all of the members that we have and people we interact with. We think we're like a super fan, and then we meet somebody else, and you're like, that guy or that Adelita's pretty badass. They're uh, legit, right? Dude, and, and to be honest with you, like, that's one of the coolest things I like about, about PVA, right? Like, I really thought it would be, you know, I'd make a couple of good friends, and, and we'd go see some games, and, and that'd kind of be the end of it. But as this thing has grown and as we've met more and more people and as we've been able to see the, the fandom across, you know, the entire country pretty much, it is so awesome to see how everybody embraces the Mexican national team and how, like, they incorporate it into their lives, into their passion. They have that reflects on game day, right? Like, the pageantry of game day is just awesome. And, and everybody brings their own little, like, flavor to it. And we have so many different characters in PVA that just come to the game and make it that much better that they've honestly become celebrities on themselves, right? Like, people want their picture with them. People want to hang out with them and, and you know, that's just all really really cool and that's what i'm looking forward to you know the goal the whole purpose of us doing this podcast and we, we you know quickly discuss and be like hey what what can we do to you know keep us connected as fans right as members 
And, uh, you know, this is a great outlet. You know, we only see each other when either we're because we travel and we want to connect with somebody, which is, you know, not often for a lot of members or when there's a game. Now, that's the time we get to see each other. So, you know, how else can we stay connected besides the website and social media? Let's just do this podcast, man. And you know what? Bring them on. So I'm looking forward to bringing some more members on. I know we talked about a few. I reached out to a few. We'll see where this takes us, right? Pictures and, and video and stuff is cool, but I think the podcast is going to be a great medium to get more intimate with like, you know, the different members across the country. And just so that people, you know, they haven't had any trouble or haven't been to a game before, can actually meet those people that you see on the on the photos, right? Like, oh, that's Lulu, oh, that's Little Man, or oh, man, that's Serge. Um, you know, that's Z. And, and you can get a little bit more intimate with who that person is and why they have such a passion for the Mexican soccer team, right? Like, that's the cool part about this the podcast medium that you're, that you're starting. And, and honestly, man, I can't wait to, to hear more stories out there yeah man and again if you're uh if you have a great story out there uh, if you know of a member or something that's going on just reach out to me man i mean again just you know reach out to me via social media any of my handles you know direct message me and i'd love to connect with you and get you on for sure so let's talk about our, our connection man it's been a while dude i can't even think about the, the first time we met it was a real madrid game in austin texas one of the bars do you remember that yeah man i think you came down for work um i think it was about i want to say like three or four years ago yeah. you came down for work you also if you remember correctly you you had both a stand-up show that you were going to do that that same weekend so you came for the game you came for work and then you you were doing stand-up at that time here in austin yeah man i was i was busy wasn't i yeah it's been a while since i've done anything like that uh but you know i'm using my creativity my outlets for various other things so that was a cool encounter i finally got to meet you got to you know hang out with you a little bit and also found out that was the only team besides mexico that we have in common and we have a passion for well, because there's no other real team that exists besides Real Madrid, America, and Mexico, right? All I heard you say was Real Madrid and Mexico. <laughs> I don't, I didn't hear the other part. Well, um, and for and for people who don't know, you know, we actually traveled together to a classical for your bachelor party. I think what two years ago, right? It's about uh, yeah, it's about almost uh, yeah, about under two years ago. Man, that was a good and time. I know that uh, you're, you know, a dad again, once again with number two. So that's that's tough, right? Oh, yeah, it's tough. And, and you recently got married as well. So, you know, we've yeah. all kind of grown up a little bit over the last couple of years. And that's, you know, in, in going back to what PBA is, that's the other cool thing, right? We've all kind of seen each other grow and hit milestones outside of soccer, you know, in our personal lives. So that's also cool, right? Like seeing those connections with those people. Yeah, man, I agree with you, too. And with about speaking about connections, we just recently had two, you know, friendlies that Mexico played. And, and we were um, all over those, those friendlies. Um, the first one was over there in New York, New Jersey where Mexico played, of course, our rival, the U.S., you know, a good turnout. I know that Rich was there representing with a lot of members. Uh, what were your thoughts, uh, first of all, the overall game? So, to be honest with you, man, I, I was so tired of seeing the U.S. win these friendlies, right? I think it's been like 14 years yeah. of friendlies that we haven't been able to beat the U.S. And, you know, coming off a World Cup where they didn't go, coming off a World Cup qualification process where we beat them in Columbus, I was like, this is time, man. It's just time to to squash their little dreams. Every time we play a friendly, their trash talking starts. It's just, it's got to be the time, right? And it happened. And it happened in such a way that was just over the top, right? I mean, if we would have beat the 1-0, it would have been great and everything. But 3-0 with a dominating performance, I mean, it just kind of put the nail in the coffin on this whole 
like who's the biggest and we have discussion, right? Because they've always had those friendlies against us. They've always had that, you know, those societal friendly talk, trust talk. But it's over, dude. Like, they can't say anything. Like right now, they're a disaster. Dude, they're at the lowest they've been in a while. And you know what? It feels good to be a Mexico soccer fan right now. <laughs> uh, I think the the turning point for me too was the annihilated dos acero whole mantra when we went out there to Columbus. That was a right. that was amazing to be there where you know they really just blocked the Mexican fans from buying tickets and trying to right. make it a true home game, which they know they can't, man. Even though they tried to, it was it was a smaller stadium. Just the energy wasn't there, and New Mexico still just dominated and, and shut you know shut that the fan base. And speaking of no tickets, uh, like I think I was given like ten tickets. Um, and I bought ten tickets. The opportunity to buy ten tickets, and I gave you guys some. I think it was you. Fonzo and there's like four or five people that got in and just seen the videos of you guys going nuts with like US fans all around you was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you dude, guys were practically about to drop your phone in your beer and you're so excited. <laughs> they were talking they were talking trash the whole match and then uh seeing our reactions after this goal and you know, the first and second and all of a sudden the, the game ended and they're just like, dude, I mean it's nothing better, right? That the only thing is, I wish I would have been there for this. It was a little cold, wasn't it? It was. It was a little cold. That's uh, <laughs> when I met up with uh, you know Wiso as well. Man, we were freezing. Uh, but I heard uh, you know New Jersey wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't warm either, man. Bridge uh, was saying how it was raining. I mean, just looking at the the video coverage, it looked pretty cold. Yeah, it looked pretty cold, man. But you know, you know what? The, did you see the hashtag that came out of that game? No, what was the hashtag? I mean, people, people, I'm telling you, man, Mexican fans, we don't dominate the world because we don't want to. But, like, <laughs> you get to the game, I, I saw the hashtag, you'll never, uh, you'll never uh, play at home. Mm-hmm. Or you'll never feel at home. You'll never feel at home, right? Yeah. Like, a little play on words off the, you'll never walk alone thing from Liverpool. Yeah. And it was just hilarious, dude. Like, <laughs> it was just so funny. Like, all these, all these Liverpool US fans are so pissed off on Twitter and, you know, other social media platforms. It was great. We're savages when it comes to our, um, you know, talking smack, dude. Their hashtags, our alburos, I mean, everything, bro. <laughs> I mean, dude, the creativity that we show like, to soccer fans is awesome. I just love, I love how we uh, we experience matches, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, definitely, man. So, I, dude, I mean, just the scene, the game there and everything. What, did you hear anything else about uh, the turnout? How was it? Dude, you know, on, on, the, on the membership side, like, we had, I think we had about 300 people there, uh, which is the, the, the allotment that the U.S. soccer gave us. They put us in. You know, like like traditionally, away fans in most other European countries get put in the top corner. We got put in the top corner, which is fine. You know, and unlike in Columbus, we actually got a section to ourselves, and and we had access. And and you know, thankfully, you know, we've been very responsible with with U.S. Soccer and all the other promoters that that they trust us. So we took in all the drums, we took in the people, we did everything, and had a good time. But you know, the cool thing is, we had a huge group from Virginia join us. You know, Rich got to meet them, and and usually before we allow a new chapter. We kind of expect the chapter and some other people to kind of come up and do a face-to-face and everything. And, and they were great, man. They came up, we traveled with drums, we, they were ready to hang out. And so here shortly, in the next maybe 24 to 48 hours, we will be launching uh, PVA Virginia, right? And, and it'll be really, really cool. And they're a really cool chapter um, from what Rich told me. And I think they're going to be a good chapter on the East Coast to help complement, you know, PVA um, Salisbury in North Carolina. Um, as we try to strengthen the East Coast a little bit, so that we have, you know, more people to receive us when when the U.S. Go, or when Mexico goes and plays in New Jersey and in New York and Atlanta and some of those other East Coast uh, cities where maybe we're not as strong or as as filled out as we are in the West Coast. That is that is cool. Welcome then uh, for the you know future new chapter of Virginia. Thank you guys, members. We look forward to uh, seeing your social media pages going up, um, your images, your pictures. 
get to know you guys a little bit better. I'm looking forward to that. Maybe I'll you know reach out to some of those members as well and start to introduce them to the family. Yeah, for sure, man. I can't wait till the next Expo game out there in the East Coast, and I can go out there and meet those guys personally. Yeah, definitely, for sure, man. So um, now the last thing before we move on to the controversy that happened after the match, but the actual match itself, what were your thoughts about the lineup? Was there anybody that you wish had some playing time, or you think that you know Tata did a good job in setting up the lineup? From the lineup perspective, I understood where he was coming from. I think he wanted to try out some of his European players that weren't here. I think he wants to increase the competition between Hernandez and Jimenez, right? Like Chicharito and Raul. I think the better or the more he makes that, that, that competition, the better both players will play. And I think I think overall, I was pretty happy with everything. The only disappointing thing, I think, would be Diego Reyes. Like, I just don't think he's in rhythm. I think there's other players who can fill that slot yeah. um, and probably do it better. He knows the players. The national team call-ups are short. So, you know, knowing the people around you, knowing how they play... Well, that's kind of important, right? I mean, it takes years to develop. Um, it's something that, that national teams don't have, that clubs do. So to some degree, you kind of have to give a guy like Reyes some, some leeway just because he's been there for so long. And he knows all the players, and he knows and he's played with them. If it was up to me, I probably would have started with someone else, but I can see why Tata put him in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't hurt us, right? But at the same time, I think we can definitely do, we can use that slot for another player. I mean, he did have a, a pretty crucial mistake there. I know when Pulisic was all alone there after a uh, bad pass to uh you know the goalie from you know from him and then you from Reyes and then you're just like dude hopefully nothing comes out of that hope I'm glad there wasn't no like penalty shot um so he does have those errors that you know just you know make you cringe man so right and for being a tall guy he gets beat in the air you know Um, (laughs) surprisingly maybe it's just he's a little thinner you know but for being a tall guy he gets beat in the air and, and that's always been a characteristic weakness for us right in the air set plays but you know, thankfully nothing happened um, in this game. Yeah, nothing nothing hurt us at all, man. So um, the last thing, dude, Chicharito's goal, I mean, he keeps just piling on the goals. Like you said, he's challenging for that uh, starting role for the striker and really putting the pressure on Jimenez, who, you know, again, I don't know, what is it about Jimenez, but he just, I don't know, man, these matches, he just doesn't uh, really, high, you know, come out like he does versus his uh, club teams, right? I don't see a lot of goals being reproduced by him. I don't know, to be honest with you. I, I don't. I, I think he plays an important role. A role like we saw in the Gold Cup. Um, I think for Mexico, he plays more of a of a post role where he creates a space. He he's the post where he just taps it off. If you look at Mexico, Mexico likes to attack um, with their with their wing attackers more than anything, right? But the Chukis, the Tecatitos, you know, those guys come off and play off a guy like 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 Raul Jimenez who can hold the ball. If you look at the goal that, that uh, Jonas scored in the in uh, the final, mm-hmm. I mean, how was it scored? It was Raul Jimenez in the box holding the ball for about two, three seconds to give um, Jonah that, that extra time to, to get into position and take a one-touch shot, right? So so I think I think his positioning and his role in the national team is a little bit different than it is at Wolves. So I think that leads a lot. But, you know, one thing I think we should all highlight is, to me, the MVP is not Raul, it's not it's not, it's not these guys. To me, the MVP is Tata Martino, man. The way he has managed his team, um, and I think the best example is, is the Catito Corona. I mean, there was a risk here, right? There was some talk. Some people were accused of maybe lying or exaggerating an injury, you know, and, and, and oh, there's all this, you know, kind of back and forth banter. The Catito comes back. Not only does he come back, but he is a freaking star uh, and a beast um, against the U.S. I mean, he had the beautiful takedown of... Uh, of um, that right wing, I think the Pulisic was over there, and that other guy was over there, and he took both of them on. Yeah. Split the defense, put a beautiful cross into Chicharito, and he just looked dangerous the entire game. 
I mean, he managed that situation so well that they could take him back. I mean, we don't have the luxury or the depth uh, to lose a player like Tecatito over over some, you know, tiny spat. And the guy's back on the national team, and he, he did well. So to me, the team was great. Everything was fantastic um, for that game. But the MVP of the match was, to me, Tata Martino. Yeah, now there you have it, folks. So, yeah, I mean, MVP, um, Serge says it was Tata. You know, and I, I can agree. I mean, I going back and just what you were saying um, during the some of the highlights and some of the video footage, I did see, you know, the interaction between Tata and Tecatito and how they just, you know, pat each other in the back. You can see the respect, mm-hmm. and, I, and I honestly feel like what happened is behind him. You know, right. look forward to seeing more call-ups from him and continue to, you know, produce for Mexico. Right, and, and you never got that sense of the the issue is behind you know the player and the coach with with Juan Carlos Osorio, right? Like it always like it always seems to keep popping back up somehow, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I can't pinpoint one issue right now, but you know, it just it just always felt like there's this dread over the selección whenever something happened. You don't get that with Tata. You you just feel like everybody moved on, right? Um. And even the media seems to have moved on. Like nobody even talks about the Tecatito issue from this past summer. And I think that's great. I think that's yeah. Tata managing the news media. It's Tata managing the team, and, and he's managing his own message, right, that he gives out to to the players. That's awesome. Yeah, Tata's a, a pro's pro for sure, man. So let's talk about what Tata's going to do now with uh, this, you know, alleged controversy. Again, there's some stuff going out there circulating about the Bexhill players. Again, once again. Here they are, camera footages or pictures of them having a celebration after the U.S. win. Look, man, like, like there's video, right? Like, the video doesn't lie. There's obviously uh, Layun, um, I saw Chicharito, I saw um, Fabian. Ochoa. I it looked like I yeah, it, it, Ochoa was there. Um, but, like, the timestamp on the video is like 4 p.m., right? Yeah. Um, and it totally... It totally um, justifies what Layun came out and said, hey, we had a break, which they do. They're giving breaks. I mean, there have been times when I've been at, uh, at a soccer game, and it's, you know, 4 p.m., two days before the game, and these guys are at the mall, and you run into them at the mall because they, they have breaks. I mean, they're not locked down at the hotel the entire day, right? So they had a break. Um, the manager gave them, I think, a five- or six-hour break, Layun said. They went and had brunch at this place, um, which I think uh, has been confirmed that they have a brunch on Sundays. What's the big deal? What's the scandal? Like, I don't understand. They ordered a couple of bottles of champagne with brunch, um, or after brunch, um, and they were hanging out. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see, I don't see the controversy. I think it's, you know, typical Mexican media um, that has to live off something, and so they're just creating it. Um, and, and these guys deserve a break, man. Like, they yeah. do. They're away from their family. They're, they're putting in some national team duty for us. Um, they're giving us a bunch of, you know, alegrías and, and, and whatever, and they just beat the U.S. I mean, have a beer, have two. Hell, I had three. <laughs> I think we all had right? more than that, yeah. <laughs> right? No, so, man. It, it, yeah, it, man. It's a challenging, it is, it is a, you know, I agree with you there. I mean, for me, anytime I see stuff like that, dude, I just don't, you know, I take it with, um, you know, the grain of salt. I mean, I don't know the facts. I don't I wasn't there. Uh, so I always give I always give the players the benefit of the doubt, but you know exactly. when the evidence is clear, then then of course you start to to lean one, one one way or the other. But to your point, I feel like this the, you know the images were not clear enough for me to determine that they were out doing something they shouldn't have. But dude, as we know, the Mexican soccer players are them are celebrities, dude. I mean they're right. they have the spotlight. I mean they have to. Uh, that's that's the crappy part about their job is they have to you know constantly be on the lookout. Even if they want to enjoy right. themselves, 
you never know when someone's going to take a picture that can be misinterpreted or looked at so many different ways, right? But a few things before we uh, wrap up is just talk about that loss, bro. 4-0 versus Argentina. I've been, I've been dreading to even get to this point. I've been trying to like, okay, what else can we talk about? Because uh, maybe if we keep talking, we won't even touch this subject. But, you know, we have to, right? Uh, what yeah, happened, now, bro? Look, dude, I don't know what happened, man. Look, I can tell you that it wasn't the party because <laughs> the, the mistakes I saw were from Araujo. And Araujo was not the party. So the party <laughs> had nothing to do with the loss. That, that was probably the problem. Is he, he didn't get invited to the party. He probably yeah, felt right. left out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the issue, but uh, but no, man. Like I mean, look, we're not gonna win forever, right? I think he had 11 wins, but they had a little more to be took over. Um, you can't win forever. Obviously, you don't want to lose 4-0, but a loss is coming. A loss is inevitable. Uh, maybe this is the loss we needed, right? Uh, a friendly, um, I guess, the powerhouse team uh, before we go into Nations Cup, before we go into you know the winter break, and then have to start a little with World Cup qualification next year. Maybe this was a little wake-up call that we needed. Um, obviously, I wish it would have been less of a of a painful one. You know, I think there's lessons to learn from for a loss. I think it brings us back down to uh, a mentality where we're not the best. Um, you know, like you beat the U.S., you're on a high. You're like, oh man, we we just beat them, 3-0 in 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 New Jersey. Um, you you have this like you know this high, right? We just accomplished something huge. I think Argentina takes us back down a couple notches and tells us, you know, yeah, we beat the U.S., but we still have work to do. Yeah. Um, so in that regard, I'm kind of thankful that we that we took this little um, you know butt kicking. And if you look at Tuta Martino, what's he doing this week? He's back at it, bro. He just announced uh, a 28 man roster of youngsters that he's going to work with all next week. That's awesome. So yeah, it's awesome. Like when did we ever see this before? When has FMF ever done this? When has DMX ever worked with FMF to to give the national team coach time with youngsters? Never. Um, so in my opinion, we lost to Argentina. Yeah, it hurts. It sucks. It, it kind of, you know, dampered the party that night. Well, not really. I think people still partied, but, um, <laughs> I think it puts, puts us back into the work mentality, right? Yeah. Um, gets us off cloud nine and, and, and puts us back into reality and says, all right, we got work to do. And that does back at it. He's working. Right. Man, Serge, you know what? You're pretty good at this whole, uh, you know, trying to make a bad situation into a good situation. Cause I don't know. I'm, I don't know about <laughs> you, but I'm still hurt about the four zero. You know, as a fan, I mean, just, just being honest, right? As a fan, as this is going on, dude, talk about depression kicking in, dude. I honestly thought, I feel like I, you know, broke up with my girlfriend of 20 years or five years that I've just been, you know, I'm, I'm playing some, again, um, some songs, some canciones, some mariachi, and thinking, drinking some tequila and crying myself to sleep. That was definitely Tuesday night. Um, you know, but we're, we're two days removed. <laughs> we're two days removed. Um, and, and I would tell you that I think it's not that we trust, man. Uh, I just, since this guy is taking over, it's been nothing but positive. In every negative situation, whether it's a player issue, whether it's an injury, he's reacted in a way that I thought, man, that's how you should react. And here we are. Same thing. You lose 4-0. He tells people what, what the truth is, and he's back at it. So let's go. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. You know, it's uh, it's the after, it's afterwards. It's time to you know uh, learn from the situation. And you said a lot of good points, dude. I mean, thing about it is we needed to lose. We can't win them all. We had to play a a true you know opponent. We haven't played any opponents. I mean, besides what the Chile that had any quality, you know. And again, nothing against the other teams, but I mean, reality. I mean, these players, these these countries have um you know have shown a track record of winning. So right, right. And, you know, talking about quality. Um, you know, people talk about partidos moleros in the U.S. and all that stuff. Nations Cup is worse, man. Like, these are going to be official friendlies 
And instead of playing what I thought would be a better team, like an Ecuador or or uh, people were complaining about Paraguay, people complain about Venezuela, people complain about Ecuador. You know, they want the French, the Germany. I mean, it's hard to get teams from across the pond to come over the U.S., right? Um, but now instead of playing these quote-unquote moleros against South American teams, now we're playing official tournament games against Bermuda, right? Like, okay, how is that going to make us better? <laughs> um, and so, you know, all these people that are critical and whatever, it, I think it's worse. I think I think we're going to have a, a worse selection of, uh, of teams to play against because of these official tournaments like the Nations League and all that stuff. Yeah. No, I agree with you too, man. We just we have to play more teams like in Argentina. We got to figure out, you know, kind of see where we stack up and rank up. If we keep playing these other matches, you know, yeah, we'll be dominating. But it's one of those like, how truly dominant are we, right? Right. Yeah, and, and that's why I'm not too concerned about that that loss, right? Um, I think I think it's a wake up call, and I think it's a good one. Yeah. No, definitely we saw we saw the difference. So you you, you brought up Salcedo, you brought up Araujo. I mean, definitely those, you know, the defense, right, was definitely a weakness for us. So, again, I'm confident Tata's going to go back into the drawing board, see the talent we have, see, you know, what went wrong, definitely look at look at the match itself and the tape. Um, and, honestly, I'm excited for the next match because I can see Mexico turning this around and, uh, you know, making those adjustments. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm totally excited. Like, I'm excited about this whole process because it looks like there's going to be a process, right, a four-year process. Nah, there's no no one in the media from what I've seen is talking about Tata resigning over a 4-0 no. loss to Argentina, right? And if Osorio lost one game, you know, off a weird penalty kick or whatever, people would have been asking for his head. And, and you don't see that right now. I think I think the entire country is with with this team, um, even even after that loss. No, I'm confident he's going to be here for a while. I'm actually wanting him to stay here for the for the next World Cup in Qatar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't see you know him going anywhere. Let's talk about the, the PBA fans um, at, uh, again, in San Antonio, man. You were there actually at the match, dude. Any any highlights regarding our, our members, anything that stood out to you while you were out and about? Dude, you know, the, I think the coolest thing um, about this game for us uh, and for me personally was that we highlighted um, and did a little remembrance for the El Paso shooting victims, right? We we actually reached out to 8th um, Notch, which is the USL El Paso Team Locomotive Supporter Club and asked them if we could borrow their TIFO for the game. Um, and they, they gladly agreed, and, and one of their members actually drove it down to San Antonio so we could show it and display it. Um, and, and I think that was a really cool moment for, for, for me, right? Like, we, we got to use our platform, um, and we got to use it in such a way that kind of engaged our community um, as never before, right? Because, I mean, I think Texas is still kind of reeling from, from, from this shooting. Um, and it was just something cool that we could do to show our solidarity with our with our friends in El Paso because as you know we have a lot of uh, members in El Paso and that could, the whole community even if, if they didn't lose a, uh, a family member or a loved one directly um, it's spinning right you know from, from this tragedy so um, I think it was just something nice that we could do to say hey you know I know the news media has moved on I know that there's news story cycles but you know we, we're still with you guys we still keep you guys in our prayers and, and we still remember um, you guys and we still you know want the best for all of you so um, I think that was the, the really cool thing that we were able to do as a group um, this game, you know, and, and regardless of the score and everything else, I think that was something really, really cool that we did as a community. No, I totally agree with you. It was uh, one of the biggest highlights for me, you know, hearing the story. You uh, posted it on, on the site as well, our website. So if, um, you know, members or people that are watching or listening to this podcast, 
um, just go to our website. Um, you know, look, follow them on their social media. I believe it's uh, their tagline or their tag is uh, is the Eighth Notch EP. Eighth Notch EP is uh, is the supporter club in El Paso. Perfect. Yeah, follow them along. Um, see what you can do to support and help out. You know, anything that we can do. You know, even if it's just you know keeping keeping the story alive and letting people know you know that this happened, right? And we're not gonna let it just uh, go away. Whether the media is moving on to other stories, we were attacked, man, as a community, um, as as a people. So the thing about you know our, us Mexicanos and, and our culture is that. You know, we uh, we stand by each other, you know, even though at times we may, may be our worst enemy, but in reality, we have each other's back. I mean, the earthquake in Mexico City is a great example. Uh, happened a few right. years ago. You just saw people just doing what they needed to do. Even celebrities who were there uh, would just drop everything and help help a, help a neighbor, help a person. And I think more than anything also, you know, Mexican soccer bring us together, brings us together. So I think what better platform, man. So I want to thank you for, um, you know, sharing that and, uh, you know, getting that started. Yeah, no, you know, and also the, the thing too really goes out to the to the big bunch of guys who are really, really, uh, really cool about lending us their Kifo, Um and then having one of their members strip it down so we could show it. But those guys deserve the bit, the big, uh, the big clap on the back, man. Honestly. Yeah, well, thank you guys again, and I know uh, Abraham's one of the big guys out there that that I know. Um, try to see if we can get them on as well to kind of tell tell us about you know their perspective and what they've been going through. Uh, but you know, again, you know, want to uh, make sure uh, that we keep that that story story alive and letting people know and whatever we can do to help out. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, man. Well, again, with that, Serge, I know we covered a lot of topics. Thank you again for your time. You know, try to keep this um, about a thirty-minute podcast. I really appreciate the time that you've taken. Um, I look forward to getting more more interviews and more people out here. Uh, you know, Viva Mexico, keep supporting the team. Uh, we honestly keep supporting um, Zach Hintel, um across all platforms. Um, he's really, really trying to do this, trying try to create more content for you guys, create more story for you guys. So follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram, um, click on his stories, comment on his stories, share his stories, share his podcast. Because, um, I mean, this is really a story about you guys. I want him to tell your stories. And if you don't support him, he can't tell them. So... Please, please, please follow him, click on his stories, and, and, and share them. And I guess I'll see everybody at the next game. Thank you. Thank you very much, Serge. Yeah, I mean, we want to hear your voices. We want to hear your stories. And with that, we're signing off once again. This is Z, El Sargento, con El Serge. Thank you very much. And again, Serge, what we say at the end, Viva Mexico. Viva Mexico.